0: Carlson, the world's best Carlson. Carlson, Carlson, Carlson. Hoi, here comes Carlson. Carlson, Carlson, Carlson. No one, actually, no Carlson can play as well as me. Carlson, Carlson, Carlson scores. Carlson. Yes. Hello, everybody. Here we are. It's the last episode of the season for the Keeping Carlson Fantasy Hockey Podcast. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. As always, I'm your host, Elon Dubrovsky, and with me is Brian Kamm.
1: Yes. Hey, Elon.
0: You're excited, eh? You just told me you watched WrestleMania recently. Is that why you really like saying yes with me?
1: Yeah, and I'm raising one arm all the while.
0: So we've got a different type of episode for you guys this week. Today is the last day of the NHL season, which means there's not really much for us to prognosticate about, except for the playoffs, though... I guess people haven't really drafted for their playoff pools yet. We could give a couple of tips as to what we think maybe you might want to do. We'll just sort of recap how we did in our pools and then give you an outline for what we plan to do over the summer. But let's start with the important news. I won my hockey pool. It's very much official. <laughs> that's, that's, that is,
1: that is the most important headline we've had all year.
0: Yes, it's very exciting. I'm currently up in all seven categories by handsome margins. I was having some fun writing trash talks over the week just about how far ahead I was. I called them Elon's fun facts. (laughs) A couple of them included, if you were to cut all of my stats in half, I'd still be beating Kristen 4-3. Or, there's only one team in the league that has more points, and that's goals plus assists, than I have just assists. Way to go, Matt. (laughs) Have you gotten any response? Yeah. I got the classic, oh, I've had, like, the worst luck this matchup. So many injuries. Oh, that's weak. (laughs) The way I see it, dude, this is the last... Matchup of the season. If you have an injury, you got to just cut bait. You got to make it work.
1: And it's two weeks long. So really like luck is still important, but it's less of a factor in a two week matchup.
0: Mm-hmm. Also, if she had listened to our podcast, we actually gave some good tips for her. She was riding Yaroslav Halak the whole time with Ilya Brizgolov sitting as a free agent waiting for her to snag.
1: Curious choice. I don't know if I would have done the same thing. Maybe I'm sure there are other parts of her roster where we could have helped her though.
0: Anyway, I guess nobody really cares about that. Brian, how are you doing in your pool?
1: So I think I've run all the possible scenarios. I pitched pretty much a shutout in the semifinal matchup. I'm in the finals now. And I think as long as my opponent does not get a shutout in Sunday's games, I'll be okay. And I'm a little nervous because Chad Johnson, the Bruins backup, is going to play against the New Jersey Devils, who aren't really known for their goal scoring His other goalie playing is Robin Lehner against Pittsburgh, so I'm not so worried about that. If he gets a shutout, though, he'll still need to have like a whole lot of goals and beat me in blocks. I'm up 8-3 right now. It's going to take a kind of perfect storm for my opponent to beat me. That said, I'm really nervous, and I just I want to be relieved of all this pressure. I'm really looking forward to the end of the season, assuming that it'll be victorious. Either way, though, I'm actually really stressed, and I hope it's over. I made a few moves, though. Do you want to hear about them?
0: Yeah, tell us what you've done to get yourself to an 8-3 stranglehold going into the last day of your matchup.
1: Right, so I had three moves to make. He had five because I misplayed the roster move limit, and my three adds ended up being Yuri Hoodler, and that went well, Matt Bolesky, and that went well, and Boone Jenner, who sort of went well. I got an assist out of him, even though I needed a goal, but all three have produced... Kuznetsov has stayed on my roster this whole time, even though I was tempted to drop him. And he's pitched in with an assist, which isn't a whole lot, but I'll take it. Mike Richards, it just came out, by the way. I've been complaining about him for weeks. He says he's been sick since January, or like sick to various extents when he got out of game shape and he couldn't get back into it during the season. I don't know exactly what happened. I guess it's a little bit of an explanation for his dry run, but I wish he had told me at the time.
0: (laughs) Yeah hey, Brian, I'm feeling a bit under the weather. You might want to trade high on me while you have the chance. Yeah,
1: exactly. I really would have appreciated that courtesy. But anyway, I still have Hoodler and Bolesky playing for me on Sunday. If I can get a goal from each of them, I feel like that would pretty much seal the deal, even if my opponent gets a shutout. I'm up by two goals in the goals category. My roster is far superior. Anything can happen in a day, but I think I'm in pretty good shape. I'm not going to go beyond that. But to be honest, Elon... I like your two-week matchup. I feel like this week, a lot has gone wrong for both of us. I mean, I'm missing Patrick Kane. He's lost Dustin Bufflin in the last week, and John Tavares has been out for him for a while. Kemper has been out for me all week. And actually, he's getting a whole lot more goalie starts than he normally would because teams are playing their backups. And I feel like your league has got this right, or at least partially right. I'm a huge proponent now for moving finals of Fantasy Hockey League's to the second last week of the season, or doing something to compensate for the weirdness. Like the whole final week of the NHL season seems to me like one large aberration. And for the whole fantasy season to come down to that is stressful, I think, and a little frustrating. Agree or disagree?
0: Yeah, I think I tend to agree. The last week has been really weird. A lot of players have been sitting that wouldn't otherwise. Jerome McGinley comes to mind.
1: And this is just one, I think, problem with the fantasy hockey format. And there's lots of room for improvement. I think also tanking down the stretch by teams angling for better draft picks definitely affects who gets into the playoffs. Cause you could face someone at the beginning of the year who's trying to win. And then you face someone towards the end of the year when they're tanking or like not even there. And it's, it's a harder matchup the first time around. And I don't think it fairly reflects the strength of anyone's team necessarily. If it ends up being really close. I don't know. This is just one of a few flaws in fantasy hockey that maybe we can talk over the summer, Elon, about ways to iron these sorts of things out.
0: Yeah, I guess that definitely would be a fun topic for a podcast. And I wanted to mention to all of our listeners, first of all, thanks for sticking with us all season. You know, this was our first season doing a fantasy hockey podcast. I feel like we've improved. We've Learned a lot, got a lot of good feedback from people. Had some laughs. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Had some laughs. But yeah, over the summer, we're not exactly sure what we're going to do right now. I guess we'll do a year in review podcast or a couple of them over the next month or so. You know, we'll definitely cover any trades. When the season's approaching, we'll start talking about who people should be looking at drafting, maybe also look at helping people with their keeper selections. But in the meantime, yeah, maybe we'll do a episode about how fantasy hockey can be improved.
1: And actually, Elon, I'd like to throw it out there to our listeners. If there are any fantasy hockey topics that don't tend to fit in the show during the course of the season, like maybe about fantasy hockey formats or how to do certain things like join a keeper league or design a keeper league, those are things we'd be happy to cover in the summer, especially if there is some expressed interest from our listeners. So if you have any ideas, let us know. But I do think that our next show, Elon, we're going to talk about players that – emerged this season, you know, gained elite status, dropped from elite status, players who are better than we thought, players that are going to drop in the draft order next
0: year. Sounds like a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. And I hope our listeners will also get involved with that too. And send us your candidates. If there's a guy you're curious about or want to give props to, you can tweet us, right, at keepingcarlson or email us at Carlson at gmail.com.
0: Look at you, Brian, taking over some hosting duties. Thanks very much.
1: (laughs) Just in case I don't win my pool, I need to, you know, keep some of my value to this podcast.
0: So yeah, this is just kind of a hodgepodge episode. We're just going to say a few things until we run out and then that'll be the end. I wanted to give some props to some of the players who helped me in the finals, people who went above and beyond what I was expecting to help me with my dominating win. Is that cool with you, Brian? Yeah, of course. All right, player number one, because we've, you know, been pretty hard on him over the past few weeks, but Martin Saint-Louis showed up big time. In five games, he had a goal and four assists, including three power play points. So thank you, Martin Saint-Louis, for being the elite player that you are when I needed it most.
1: Yeah, but still... Goldrod, like I'm still not really high on him for next season as we talked about last week maybe I'll have to apologize to him eventually but one player that I would like to put out a public apology to right now because well every time you've brought him up Ilan I've said stay away stay away do you know who it's going to be
0: is it Cody Hodgson
1: it's Cody Hodgson and I don't know if I'm happy or sad you know I'm sad personally because every time I say to avoid him And he shows up in the score sheet. I'm wrong, but I'm happy to see someone succeed in his last eight games. He's scored in six of those four goals and four assists for eight points in his last eight games. And he's put up nine shots on goal in just his last two games. So he really is coming along. And I feel like the Vancouver Canucks probably made a big mistake, although their hands were tied. But yeah. As the Sabres build around Cody Hodgson, I think he's just going to get better and better. And I would possibly perhaps draft him in my fantasy league next year at this point with what he's shown.
0: Yeah, well, the nice thing about guys like Hodgson going into a draft next year is that he was injured for a bit of the season, which means his numbers don't look as good as they really are, you know, when people are just gonna be looking at total points. So he might fall lower in people's drafts than he deserves to be, which means he could be a nice late draft pickup for a lot of savvy poolies out there
1: yeah if he played a full season he'd have about 51 points this year he has 44 points in 71 games is his line right now 20 goals 24 assists 178 shots that's a really nice total and on a really crummy buffalo team so good for him to be the guy who is producing when there really is no one else around him to produce
0: and yeah, another player I wanted to mention, and another player who I'd say you were also a little bit wrong about. I still remember what you said when I picked him up. Marion Gaborik. he's been on fire during my finals matchup. In seven games played, he has two goals and six assists. Two of those points on the power play, 22 shots on goal. At the time that I picked him up, I dropped Radim Verbata. And I remember you said... Well, you know, maybe Verbatta might actually have been better to hold on to. We don't know what's going to happen with Gabrik, and verbata has been consistent. But Verbadá, in his last 14 games played, he only has one goal and four assists. So good riddance to Adam Verbadá. He totally tanked at the end of the season.
1: Yeah, and let's be clear. I think I acknowledge Marin Gabrik's skill. I just also noted that the LA Kings are like an offensive sinkhole and he's overcome that. So more power to him. There aren't a whole lot of people who have been able to manage that in LA except for Anj Kopitar and Jeff Carter this year. Justin Williams has had a tough year. Drew Doughty, we saw at the Olympics that he can produce at a better rate than he does in LA, given the opportunity. But good on Marion Gabrick. And I'm glad you picked him up. And obviously that has implications for next year.
0: Yeah. Maybe let's get into that. I wanted to ask you for some advice about what I should do with my keepers and obviously I have until the beginning of the draft next year, I think a week before to make my final decision, but at this point my team is going to make my decision pretty hard for me, especially because someone actually dropped David Backus last week since he was announced to be injured for the rest of the regular season. I guess this person wanted to get a bit of an edge for their final matchup, even though it wasn't really for anything. But yeah, I decided to just make a waiver claim and pick up David Backus. So maybe actually before I even get into my other potential keepers, this is a guy we haven't really talked about much this season. I feel like he's one of the top, I don't know, 20 players in the league. A lot of people are really high on Bacchus. What do you think about the guy?
1: Well, in the leagues that count penalty minutes, he's indispensable. He, I consider him probably an elite choice in those leagues. If your league doesn't count penalty minutes, he's still pretty good. He has 27 goals, 30 assists for 57 points in 74 games this year. And that's a marked improvement for him. His previous career high was 62 points in 82 games. And over the last couple of seasons, he hasn't been much more than a half a point per game player. He did take a step forward this year, I think. And so did several other St. Louis Blues, like Alex Steen and even Jaden Schwartz. Who are you considering keeping him over?
0: Yes, I don't know. I probably wouldn't keep him. I At this point, I feel like my for sure keepers are Henrik Zetterberg and Phil Kessel. And pretty much for sure is Joe Pavelski after the amazing season he's had. And he actually wasn't someone I drafted thinking he'd be a keeper. The person who I drafted thinking he was going to be my new future forever keeper was Evander Kane. But at this point, you know, for that fourth slot, unless you say that my other three slots need uh, re-looking at, it could be Evander Kane, it could be Martin St. Louis, it could be Ryan O'Reilly, or it could be Marion Gabrick, I'd say. Also, Paul Stastny has has had an amazing season. Like, I've won for a reason, and now I have all these great players. I'm not sure who's going to be the best ones to hold on to.
1: I think those are all guys that we might dig a little deeper into in our next episode when we recap the season. But that's a happy problem to have, and I don't think I could give you an answer right now.
0: Ah, so you're giving us a little tease for what's to come, Brian?
1: I guess so, but we don't like to do that. We like to be pretty upfront and straightforward. So I'm going to tell you off the top of my head without looking too deeply into the numbers, I would say Phil Kessel is far and away the obvious keep in that group. He has proven himself to be an elite fantasy forward, as we've talked about over the course of this season. The interesting ones for me on your list are Stasny and O'Reilly, because we have talked about the avalanche and how they could regress next season. I don't know if you want to get too caught up in one-season samples from these guys, although these two players in particular have proven themselves to be pretty good over, you know, more than just this season. But that would be something weighing on my mind when I make the decision. As for Evander Kane, we don't really know what's going to happen. I would wait for the dust to settle. Joe Pavelski, I'd feel really close to keeping. He's a really quiet 40-goal scorer. How many people do you think know that he has 40 goals this year?
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely didn't draft him expecting that I'd get 41 goals and 38 assists in 82 games.
1: And all own up to not realizing before this year that he had a 30-goal season before and had 20, 25, 25, so this isn't new. I think he's going to keep doing it, and I value goals pretty highly. So he'd be really tempting. It'd be hard to let go of him. On the other hand, St. Louis and Zetterberg, well, Zetterberg, his injuries this year would concern me. St. Louis going to a new team and faltering concerns me. Gabrick has his own injury history to be concerned about. And also, I don't know if he can sustain this with LA. He's been really good over the last 10 games, but I'm not ready to say that he can be a point-per-game player over 82 games in Los Angeles. So all that said, I think off the top of my head, if I had to pick today, I would take Phil Kessel, Joe Pavelski, probably Evander Kane, and then it would be really tough to choose between Ryan O'Reilly and Henrik Zetterberg.
0: Alright, well, it'll be fun to see how things go over the summer, and I'm sure I'll be bugging you about this more. Anyways, that's going to pretty much wrap it up for this episode. Like we said, we don't want to rush into our year-end summary without actually having the season done so we'll bring that to you in a couple of weeks or so one thing to mention before we sign off is that we're going to be setting up a keeping carlson playoff pool so for any of you who want to participate it's going to be a lot like our olympics pool that we did we'll share a link where you'll be able to sign up it'll be a box pool all the instructions will be on there if you're interested in participating email us keeping carlson at gmail.com and we'll send you the link or you could just follow us on twitter at Kevin carlson we'll be announcing it over the next few days
1: if you know for sure that you want to be in on it though you might as well tweet at us and i'll make a list of all the names and make sure that everybody who asks to be in the pool gets the link directly
0: and actually one thing i can mention it's not exactly fantasy hockey related but it is nhl playoffs related i actually placed a bet that i'm pretty excited about for the postseason and I was thinking maybe I'd be interested to uh hear your thoughts on this. I was taking a look at the odds of the various teams to win the Stanley Cup, and this was about a week ago. And the New York Rangers came in at 22-1, to 1, which I thought was very high considering, yeah, they didn't rank too highly in the regular season, but that's a lot due to their first, what was it, like 10 games of the year where they were completely horrible and Lundqvist couldn't stop anything. Uh Since then, I feel like the Rangers have... Been one of the most dominant teams in the league. They picked up Martin St. Louis, so assuming he can click, and he has started to get some points, at least assists over the last few games of the season. So assuming he could keep that up, the Rangers, I think, are a very good sleeper team to win the cup. So I put down twenty dollars, and the website I was using had a bonus, a hundred percent bonus. So on your first bet, they will let you double it up to a hundred dollars. So I put down twenty dollars to make a forty dollar bet on the Rangers to win the cup, a twenty two to one odds. So I could get eight hundred and eighty smackers coming my way if the Rangers can pull it off.
1: The website pays you in kisses. (laughs) Yeah. Well, as tempting a prize as that is, I don't know, I, I wouldn't really rely on anybody other than Boston coming out of the East and definitely winning the Stanley Cup is even a reach. It seems like this is almost certainly the Western Conference year, but to quote the cliche, anything can happen except Montreal or Tampa winning. I think they're sort of out. I think I would be tempted to go with Detroit if I had to pick a team not in the West and not named Boston. I feel like Detroit would be my choice, but you have some good reasons for choosing New York and I will cheer a little bit for them uh, in your pursuit for smackers.
0: Anyway, that's it for our show. Once again, before we sign off, I just want to thank all of the listeners for tuning in and trying us out this season. Over the summer, we're going to be doing some retooling, figuring out what worked, what didn't work, and we promise we're going to be delivering an even better product come next season. So definitely stick with us. We've already given out the contact information a number of times. Don't forget to sign up for our playoffs pool. Brian, why don't you read the credits one last time?
1: Okay, over the course of the season, Keeping Carlson was researched with the help of Extra Skater, Left Wing Lock, Behind the Net, Daily Faceoff, Dauber Hockey, Yahoo Sports, and ESPN Fantasy Hockey.
0: All right, I don't know why I said for the last time. Like I said, we're going to be back in like a couple of weeks to give our year-end review. But until then... Good luck today, Brian. We're all rooting for you, and hopefully you'll be able to pull it off.
1: All I need is a goal for New Jersey and a goal for Pittsburgh, and I'm good. Bye, everybody. Good luck, everybody.